another SPAC Insider podcast. I'm Nick Clayton, and this week, SPAC Insider's founder, Christy Marvin, and I will be speaking to Greg Kress, CEO of Shapeways. Shapeways announced a combination with Galileo Acquisition Corp. in April. Shapeways' platform allows customers to have digitally designed products manufactured and sent to them via its unique software platform. It is at the center of the fascinating additive manufacturing space, which has seen a bevy of SPAC transactions. We talk about the forces driving the adoption of additive manufacturing and the economics of providing 3D printing and other tools at different levels of the value chain. Take a listen. So Greg, um, additive manufacturing has been a hot sector for SPACs over the past year, and SPACs certainly like to get into spaces that appear ready to boom. Um, so why do you think additive manufacturing is getting so much attention? Yeah, there's a couple things happening in additive manufacturing today. And if you take a look at the broad market in general, it's primarily been driven by a couple legacy players in the space. Um, Those players have really seen a lot of exploration around the IP associated with their hardware technology. And what that's done is allowed for a tremendous amount of investment in the VC community and new players kind of entering the space to develop new hardware for manufacturing. Um, and But for them to be competitive, what they're doing is they're going to market with an open material model. And what that means is it really allows anyone or, or chemical companies to really have open access to partner with them and to work with them to develop new materials that can be added and used on their equipment. And so what you see is a lot of investment happening with the big chemical companies generating new materials that can be used on, those, on that equipment. Um, With that being said, we have a couple hundred materials that are 3D printable today. I mean, the roadmaps for new materials that are rolling out in the market, we're talking about thousands of new materials that will be coming to market over the next several years, coming from some of the biggest chemical companies um, out in the space today. And so what that creates is really exponential end part applications where you see for the first time, engineers have access to hardware that meets their needs, materials that meet their needs. And it creates these end part applications that allows for medical, automotive, aerospace, industrial applications like never before. And so you see this huge amount of opportunity in front of the market where you start to see this compounded growth over the next 10 years where you're going to see more and more use of some of the new technologies and materials that are entering the space. And that creates a ton of opportunity, right? You know, because ultimately the players in the space today really should be working together collaboratively. You know, we're not necessarily competitors against each other. Against each other. Uh, we're really competing about the overall manufacturing space. And that space is just so large and ready for the taking. And a lot of us are working towards how do you go to that market together? Really interesting. And it seems like there's a lot going on on the demand side as well. And it appears that there's like a big factor propelling additive manufacturing's rise are the market conditions like snarls and global trade and various other supply chain disruptions. You know, would we be making the same projections for this space if it weren't for some of those, some particularly tumultuous years in the last few years um, yeah, in some of those areas? That's a great question. Yeah, it, I, 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 would, I think you would be. I, I think a lot of the timing of a lot of these things that are happening are regardless of what we've dealt with over the last year. Now, with that being said, the last year put a huge spotlight on supply chain issues and it kind of forced companies to kind of rethink what their supply chains looked like, how they could gain more flexibility in those supply chains and how they could fill some of the gaps of some of maybe some of the more um, historic or long supply chains that they had in place. And so this provides a lot more flexibility. And so what you see a lot of companies doing is 
you know, having an open mind to some of these technologies that are out in the space. And I think that definitely shines a light on this, but I think we'd still be having this conversation even without what was going on with the pandemic, because over the last several years, you've seen a tremendous amount of innovation across hardware, materials, software, all really enabling um, additive manufacturing. And, and the venture community has been investing in this quite a bit over the last five to 10 years because they've been kind of preparing for this and, and helping seed a lot of investment with companies. Uh, but I think you'd be seeing it regardless of, of the pandemic. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that uh, a lot of the venture firms have been investing in these companies. Um, yeah, because many of the companies going public recently via SPACs have been the manufacturers of the additive manufacturing machines themselves. But Shapeways serves the market in a very different way. Could you maybe further you know, explain that? Yeah, so Shapeways is a digital manufacturing platform. Um, we partner with the hardware manufacturers, the people that make the physical printers, and the material providers, the people that make the raw materials that go into the printers. And we provide manufacturing services to our customers so that anyone could go to shapeways.com, upload a 3D printable mo model, and basically configure that model and then receive that part within 24, 48 hours uh, across 90 different materials and finishes using some of the the best industrial grade additive manufacturing capability out there today. And so we partner very much with them. And so when we think about the overall market, we have a couple of different players that kind of overlap and work together. And so we see ourselves as very complementary to the hardware players and the material players. And we typically work with them on how they bring their materials to market. Because if you put yourself in the shoes of one of their customers, their customers run into a tremendous amount of challenges launching new technologies, right? One, it's a tremendous amount of CapEx investment. You need to have the know-how of how to 3D print. You need to make the right choice of what technologies and materials you're going to need for the long term. You're going to have to bring in resources and software to go manage that. So it's a very daunting task, and that's a, it takes a lot of time and investment and focus to go do, do that. And so the majority of the time, the answer is no on new hardware and materials. And so a great other opportunity for the hardware manufacturers and the material manufacturers is to guide them towards shapeworks, right? And so we work hand in hand with them on the rollout of new technologies, new materials. And we see ourselves as an opportunity to drive further and accelerated adoption of additive manufacturing in the space. And so we're very complimentary to them. And they're some of our best partners um, out there today. And they've become some of our best lead generators um, of new opportunities for shapeways as we go to market. It's really interesting because I, I definitely wanted to ask about how the, that relationship works because you know most of the hardware manufacturers going public have a business model based around selling the machines for big price tags and then they collect recurring income from service fees and consumables. With your model, you are the one buying the machines and, and paying to keep them running. So how does the room for margin growth and the speed of scalability on, on the two sides of that interaction, um, how, how is that different? Yeah, so a couple things. One, obviously, Shapeways has a lot of buying power, right? We buy a lot of equipment and a lot of materials, a lot more at scale than what a typical manufacturer would buy. Um, so we have pricing power kind of in the space, and we have deep relationships and that allows us to get uh, a competitive advantage um, uh, from a costing perspective on some of the raw things that go, go into our business model. The second is we've invested over $100 million in software over the last 10 years, really digitizing the full end-to-end -end manufacturing process. And what that allows us to do is really optimize our labor models, um, get higher asset utilization, minimize wasted materials, and allows us to really optimize the gross margin that we get on a per-part basis. 
Um, the other point I would say is like, if you were to buy a machine, you would need a lot of volume to really get that ROI from that investment. And what Shapeways does is we aggregate orders across similar customers, similar parts. So in a given manufacturing build, we may have thousands of different parts across hundreds of different customers all in one manufacturing build because the asset cost is the same, the labor model is relatively similar, the material usage is relatively the same. And so it's really how do we maximize the amount of revenue that we get out of each time we go and run the asset. And so we're able to get to much higher levels of density, which equates directly into uh, gross margin and profitability that even some of our customers, if they decided to make the investments and bring that in-house, they would never be able to achieve the levels of cost structure that Shapeways is able to achieve. And that gives us a, a highly competitive, uh, differentiated position in the market because leaning on that software, which does all of that work for us, allows us to basically have uh, some of the best in class gross margins in the space um, versus what you would see at a typical manufacturer. And so how does the demand in the market break down from your standpoint? I imagine it ranges from major manufacturers needing large numbers of a certain widget on demand to customers that need a print job for a component, you know, maybe on a one-off purpose, you know, one-off job. Um, how does Shapeways cover these different shares of the market versus companies that are just selling the machines? Yeah. So yeah, if we take a step back, Shapeways has always been a self-service business. So we're able to support customers of all sizes across all industries. Um, we're working directly with individual engineers, entrepreneurs, and, and manufacturers themselves that use Shapeways for our ability to deliver low volume, high mix production at scale. And so what we are able to do, and really through our software, is enable that to happen. Um, and we're able to deliver that back to our customer with really, really high quality at great gross margins, which enables us um, to really drive a good business model. Now, ultimately, if you look at some of those other customers, um, Shapeways has a differentiated position because we have the ability to aggregate uh, orders across different customers and leverage that one cost model so that we can share some of those cost savings from a price perspective back with the individual user. And so you don't have to have volumes of orders to be able to actually get good pricing um, with a service like Shapeways. And that's interesting. And it seems like you can kind of serve a little bit of everybody, but in terms of the customers that you serve, how does your business break down by vertical and revenue mix? Yeah. And as I mentioned, you know, we've historically been a self-service business, but we know a lot about our top 250 customers. Our top 250 customers are deeply integrated into our business. They drive 60% of our revenue today. Um, and they have ongoing nonstop orders that are basically automatically integrated into Shapeways software platform through our API. So as they go and place orders on their e-commerce sites or their ERP systems or whatever they're using to go run and operate their business, orders are automatically placed inside Shapeways. Some customers are placing 40 individual orders a day. Some are placing hundreds of orders a day, all with unique individual parts that are manufactured by Shapeways. And so they're really moving items from stock to this idea of a make to order. Um, and by doing so, we have a good insight to what those top 250 look like. And they spread across a ton of different industries. Um, obviously, we have a lot of B2B2C customers. We have a lot of digital inventory customers. And then we really cover the gamut across jewelry, medical, automotive, aerospace, and industrial applications for our customers. So, Greg, I'm going to you know, turn now to maybe some challenges and opportunities. What has been the most challenging aspect of Shapeways growth? Uh, does the chip shortage affect you at all or possibly inflation? Yeah. So, I mean, if we take a step back from a growth perspective, we're, we are a manufacturing service. So it does require CapEx 
to invest in machines, bring them to market, and work to go and drive volume for them. So we've always been very thoughtful about how much CapEx we put into the business. And with this transaction that we're doing with Galileo um, and taking the company public, we'll have new proceeds to go and invest in new manufacturing capabilities to go scale growth. Um, we're not really affected by the chip shortage. Inflation is has a minimal impact to our business. We have a large installed manufacturing uh, sites, both in the U.S. and in Europe, and we have machines in place. So I think ultimately today, the only thing that's really had the biggest impact on us is some of the logistics challenges that the big logistics companies had. Um, kind of in the middle of the pandemic, where I think all businesses were really struggling with, you know, how do you deliver products under the circumstances of the pandemic? But as of right now, Shapeways is not really seeing any limits. I think right now we are down to, once we close this transaction, it's really gonna be execution, right? It's about executing on our growth strategies and pushing the business forward. And there's a multiple ways for us to win, um, but uh, we feel like our strategy is, is spot on, so. So Desktop Metal, which went public last December and is a strategic investor and partner of yours, has made a string of M&A moves to vertically integrate since completing its own deal. Um, with Shapeway's business model, do you see ways that M&A could enhance your platform or are you laser focused on organic growth? I think it's a great question. If we take a step back, one of our core use of capital is to invest in expanding our manufacturing capabilities. And so this would include the materials that we're using, the technologies that we offer, the certifications, the footprint, the, the, the customer reach. And so as we think about doing that, there's obviously a make-buy decision here where we can easily build this out ourselves like we have historically, but there's also an opportunity for us to go and acquire businesses that could help go and accelerate those capabilities. Um, there's This is a very fragmented market with a lot of small players. Um, it's interesting because a lot of these small players are not digitized, so they run between 20 and 30% gross margin. They tend to be niche where they offer one technology, a couple of materials, one certification. And so there's an opportunity for Shapeways to actually create a lot of shareholder value by going out and acquiring those businesses that trade at a discount because they're not digitized. They don't have a software platform. They have lower gross margins acquire them, accelerate our own product, physical product strategy from a manufacturing point of view, and then also help go and drive gross margin for those businesses by implementing our software. And then ultimately, there's a lot of synergies long term across the cost structures of those businesses, where we can create even further uh, value for our shareholders. And so when we think about how we could go and grow, I think M&A specifically in those small niche additive manufacturers that are out there today, um, Shapeways could really add a lot of value to them and create a lot of shareholder value by rolling them in. And so as we think about rolling out our hardware and technology and material capabilities from a manufacturing perspective, M&A could be a really, really strong path for us. Mm. You know, I, I did want to sort of follow up on uh, desktop metal too. Um, you know, you've primarily focused on polymers uh, so far, but where do you see the opportunity with the expansion into metals via desktop metals going? Yeah, Shapeways today has its majority is a polymer business, right? We're focused on plastics. Now, with that being said, we know that long term, half the market's going to be in industrial metals, and there's a lot of applications out there. And so, you know, Desktop Metal purchased a company called Envision Tech that's been an incredible partner of Shapeways for a very long time. And this really grew from that acquisition that they did. We've really had further conversations, and we're working directly hand in hand with Desktop Metal on like how would we go bring industrial metal applications to market. 
market, similar to what we've done with other companies. Um, and so as we think about what we've done on the polymer side, we wanted some good launch partners as we started to think about uh, how we would go launch industrial metals. And so we've been working directly hand in hand with their team, bringing, out, bringing in capabilities internally and, and supporting a lot of their customers as we do it. So yeah, as, as we've been talking about how uh, trade and all of these various things are affecting manufacturing um, and just the ability of getting products made into market, you know, you've talked about how this this demand is expanding. What does that really look like? I mean, how much is additive manufacturing going to be taking over? Um, what is you know traditionally been the kind of the the realm of man normal manufacturing? Yeah, it's a good question. If we think about what added manufacturing really fits. There's also a few other manufacturing processes that could fit into that. So if you really just think about this idea of digital manufacturing, which is focused on low volume, high mix production, the market today is roughly $39 billion, growing to over $120 billion over the next 10 years. And what's fueling that is really the shift and changing need of what engineers are looking for. You know, engineers are looking for uh, the ability to deliver products to market much faster. They don't wanna to have to wait months to, to go through an iterative prototyping process, design process, lock-in molds, tooling, and then finally get your product to market 12 months later. They wanna be able to deliver it to market, gain customer feedback, adjust and continue that process in a very agile way. The second is they don't wanna invest in a lot of upfront costs, like huge minimum order quantities, molds, tooling, fixtures. They wanna get started with no investment. And the last is nobody can really predict where the future of materials and technologies is really going to lead us. And so they're looking for higher levels of flexibility. And so as you see engineers really looking beyond just mass production, which is plagued with, you know, that's known to be slow and rigid and highly and high upfront costs, they look for solutions like digital manufacturing. And so, you know, a lot of industry reports are showing, you know, huge growth level levers over the next you know, 10 years. And it's all be really being driven by those changing customer needs. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine, you know, if I'm a, a widget company and I'm having to figure out how to get this thing out and I'm talking to a manufacturer in, in China or some other continent trying to going back and forth with all these different versions, you know, it, it, you know, that, that takes months plus the thing's got to get made somewhere else and brought here versus, you know, maybe, you know, you know, just coming in through the mail. So, I mean, just how does your process compare on that step-to-step -step level? Um, if I got my file, I know I want to make this thing. How do I make it through Shapeways? Yeah, I think if you take a step back, Shapeways software really manages that full process in a really efficient way. And it breaks down into really five buckets. The first bucket is the ordering process. And so, you know, once you have that file, you can upload it to Shapeways. It's cloud-based. You can configure your product. You get instantaneous pricing. Um, we're doing automatic manufacturing checks behind the scenes. We automatically create a digital inventory for you and you move on. And, and from there, we're doing all the work behind the scenes for you. And so we basically have all the automated checks where we're correcting over 80% of the files that come into Shapeways automatically using our software. When, and when we need to do a geometry change, we have automated workflows that go back and forth with the customer for them to go optimize their, their actual product to ensure the highest level of productivity or production capability in the manufacturing process. We then manage a very complex supply chain where we have, you know, we're doing internal manufacturing. We do use supply chain partners for some materials and technologies. Um, and so we're using our smart demand allocation to automatically allocate the four to 6,000 parts that come into Shapeways on a day-to-day -day basis out to that supply chain the most efficient way possible. 
Then we have all the pre-production software that is basically consolidating orders across different customers and basically allowing those customers to get the cost profile of a fully built, uh, a fully uh, volume build. Um, yet they're only buying one part. And so they're not penalized for only manufacturing one piece. We're giving them the benefits of a cost model of a completely fully efficient manufacturing process. And then from there, it becomes all about traceability and managing of a very high quality process. And so what Shapeway software does is it manages highly complex one part workflows because every part that flows through Shapeways has its own unique journey. And we've done this for 21 million parts. So as that part starts flows from start to finish, we're tracking every step, every interaction, every person that touches it. So we know the material lock, the machine, when it was printed, who touched it, how it was finished, all the way to logistics where we deliver the part directly to our customers and customers. So we're typically drop shipping on their behalf. And so we've delivered parts to over a million different endpoints in 160 countries. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a ton of endpoints. Yeah, I think also a lot of our listeners probably, you know, don't realize just how many 3, 3D printed or otherwise additive manufactured, you know, parts or goods are, are sort of around them all the time. Like what are some of the examples of, of, of some of the big things that Shapeways has been putting out there? Yeah, that's we do everything from a small gear to a to a case to like some really innovative products, right? You know, we have customers that are doing customized knee braces where they take an MRI scan and they automatically generate a customized knee brace specifically for your ACL injury. And we're getting 40, 50 of those orders on a day-to-day -day basis. We're doing, you know, uh, manufacturing of customized driven um, customer-driven uh, gaming pieces, like from uh, you know big gaming companies, we're doing uh, low-volume production for you know big uh, drone companies or people that are in the uh, in the aerospace industry, or we're doing work for replacement and digital inventory parts where there aren't parts sitting on the shelf, but a part needs to be manufactured for an industrial application. Um, so it's a wide, wide range of capabilities doing really, really innovative things and creating a lot of value for our end customers. It'll be interesting to see too um, with metals, how that, how that changes, you know? Yeah, it's a great, you know, part of it today is we really only cover half the market. So there's mm -hmm. another huge aspect of the market that's not being serviced. And so by our partnerships with, you know, companies like Desktop Metal, um, we have the opportunity to go and accelerate our entrance into that market to support more and more of our customers' needs. Well, I do have to ask you some stack questions. <laughs> um, how, how did Shapeways decide on going public uh, versus, say, uh, you know, via SPAC versus a traditional IPO? What was the thought process behind that? Yeah, so mid last year, we were kind of looking at all options for the business and we were thinking about, you know, private public rounds and really thinking about how could we really go fuel the business. And so we felt like we had built a strong foundation as a company. We had a very scalable software platform and we knew that there were several different verticals for us to go and fuel growth um, that needed that required investment. And so as we looked at the ways to go do that. Um, you know, ultimately we lean towards going uh, the public route and obviously SPAC is a much faster process. Um, it, we were able to find a very, very good partner in Galileo that was able to kind of shepherd us through the process um, and kind of remove a lot of the things that we weren't necessarily ready for, right? We, we did not do years of planning ahead of an IPO, but we were able to kind of work directly with Galileo and get ready in, in a shorter amount of time. Um, they were also very, very helpful in, in closing out a very, very strong pipe, um, working through the S4 process, which we just went effective. 
Um, and so now we're getting down to the very end of our, our process. And so we're really excited about it. Um, and I think the reason why going public could add so much value for Shapeways is really because one, it gives us a lot more flexibility from an M&A perspective. When we think about rolling out new capabilities, doing that as a private company really requires heavy cash. When in reality, as a public company, we can play with equity, debt, and, and cash in a little bit more flexible way, get more creative with, with some of the transactions that we could do. Um, the second is a lot of public validation, right? Being a public company in a space where we're working with Fortune 500 companies for a lot of their business, this provides that additional level of validation. Um, and lastly, this is a fast growing market, and this provides us uh, additional paths um, for driving you know, investment into the business. And so we just saw this as a really, really strong path forward. Um, and we're making good progress. I mean, we did run into some hiccups you know, in general in the SPAC market over the last several months, right? So a lot of things have been delayed because of you know, regulatory changes and things like that and additional oversight. But you know, we've taken it one stride at a time, and I feel like we're at, we're at the tail end of our process. Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting summer for sure. Um, but you know, you did mention Galileo. So in your in your deal discussions with Galileo, uh, how much did the valuation terms of earlier spec deals in this space play into your position versus um, maybe your internal metrics? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it really was focused on our internal metrics and our PL and our growth plan. If we take a step back, there was. Um, you know, we were one of the first digital manufacturers to kind of enter into this process. There were some hardware players that were in the space, but they were a little different, right? Um, and so we didn't really have any direct uh, digital manufacturers compared to other than some public companies that were already out in the space. And so we really took a hard look at what the PL looked like, the fundamentals of our business, and where we could really go and grow. And that's what they based their valuation off of. Um, with that being said, we think it's a really compelling valuation for investors. We see that, you know, compared to what else is happening in the market, this could be a really good opportunity for investors as we go public for a strong re-rating of the stock. Yeah, great. And you touched upon it a little bit earlier there about the ways in which being a public company can validate you um, in the marketplace. Um, but even moving beyond that and, and some more kind of specific, uh, you know, just business ways, how will being publicly traded help you competitively? And how do you plan on utilizing those advantages? Yeah, I think one just already, just from a branding perspective, this has been incredibly uh, good for Shapeways. Um, just name recognition, number of new projects that we're working on um, has been really, really compelling. Um, I think the other thing too, is it, it allows other hardware and material manufacturers to continue to kind of align with us strategically as we kind of go to market. Um, taking a big step back and additive, right? We really are trying to work together. There's a lot of players in the space that are trying to build the ecosystem collectively. And so, you know, this just put, continues to put Shapeways at the forefront of helping going and accomplish those goals. Great. And, and, you know, we're seeing lots of new technologies coming to the market as well, um, as well as I'm sure you're working on your own innovations, you know, moving beyond the, the completion of this transaction, what's next for Shapeways? Yeah, so we're laser focused on our four primary uses of capital. The first is really building out and accelerating our manufacturing capabilities. And so there's a lot of uh, work going on behind the scenes on how we go roll out new technologies, materials, certifications, 
footprint um, to go and help and expand and meet a lot of the customer needs. Um, the second is really transitioning our business beyond just self-service from a go-to-market perspective. We've started accelerating hiring and business development resources to go and support the business. Um, and we're already seeing really, really good traction in that area. And we'll continue to build out more and more um, of that uh, go-to-market strategy over time as we invest more in technical resources to help our customers um, drive more work to Shapeways. Um, the third is we are expanding our part envelope uh, beyond just additive manufacturing, you know, CNC, injection molding, sheet metal. This is more of a software discussion for us because we won't be doing this manufacturing internally. This manufacturing will leverage outsource supply chain partners to fulfill that need. But a lot of our customers are looking for one place to go complete their entire uh, share of wallet. And so there's an opportunity for us to gain a lot more traction there, um, supporting our customers as they need other manufacturing services. Um, it, so the investment for us there really comes down to how do you support those types of files? How do you price them and cost them properly? How do you fix those files automatically? How do you manage those workflows and the supply chain related to it the most efficient way possible? And then the last piece is we've been monetizing our software. Um, the software that we use inside Shapeways fully digitizes the end-to-end -end manufacturing system. And so we have the opportunity to go and offer that up to the market, to go help all manufacturers become more efficient, to leverage each other's capabilities and to drive efficiencies in their own models. And so there's, um, there's a, I mean, the asset that we have been using behind the scenes is, a, is our core differentiator. We also have the opportunity to go drive even more volume to Shapeways by offering it up to smaller manufacturers, helping them digitize and to use Shapeways as a supply chain partner. I have a, maybe a fun bonus question for you. What's the, uh, what's the origin story of, of Shapeways and how did you get into additive manufacturing? Yeah, so Shapeways was born out of a Philips incubator um, in the Netherlands. And so Philips um, had actually made, had an incubator and they had made an investment in several companies. And Shapeways was really bred from this idea of how you enable anyone to have access to industrial grade additive manufacturing. Um, and it really was always focused on low volume manufacturing. And that's why additive became such a key piece to it because additive is one of the, the really good manufacturing solutions for low volume production. But it was really like, how can you remove those big barriers? You shouldn't have to invest a million dollars in molds and tooling and fixtures right up front. You shouldn't have to order a million parts to as a minimum order quantity, you should be able to manufacture one part, right? And so it was this idea of democratizing access to manufacturing in a very efficient way. Um, and, you know, the business grew from there. They realized very quickly, the only way to do that high volume, low mix, or I'm sorry, low volume, high mix business was really to digitize the end-to-end -end manufacturing process. They also focused on, you know, we have to have that core capabilities of manufacturing internally. And, you know, and then it kind of grew from there. We raised capital from some incredible VCs, including Union Square Ventures and Lux Capital and then Dreesen and Horowitz and Index Ventures and Incf, um, and then a few strategics along the way. And so, like, it's been an incredible business, an incredible journey, and it's a, it's a true success story. Yeah, well, thanks, Greg. It's always fun, uh, you know, hearing how everyone started, but uh, looking forward to seeing what Shapeways does next for sure. Yeah, and thank you for having me on and all of your listeners. It's been a great to connect with you guys.